The series that I want to go into after this is a series on the names of God. I went through these, some of them, about eight years ago when I felt compelled at the close of our last series, uh, which was titled, The Lord is My Helper and the Lord is My Healer and the Lord is My Hope, where the Lord is my helper, healer, and my hope. Um, the last however many weeks that was ago that we finished that, but I just felt compelled at the end of that to go into some more names of God because it wasn't really my intention when we went through the last series, uh, but I did introduce you to three different names at that point. I introduced you to Jehovah Azer, who is the Lord our helper, and I introduced you to Jehovah Rapha, who is the Lord our healer, and I introduced you to Jehovah Hatikva who is the Lord, my hope, or our hope. And how many of you are glad that we have a God who is all those three things, amen? But the reality is God is so much more than those three. So I felt really compelled to bring you a, a, a series on the, the names of God because the reality is when we know Him by name, when we know Him by His character, when we know Him by His attributes, when we know Him by His true, persona- his true personality or by His nature, He becomes a strong tower that we can run into and be safe, amen? Because that's exactly what the Scripture tells us, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe, and That's really the series that I want to look at, not next week because we have our fall family fun night, I think that's what it's called, next week, and when we come back then through the rest of the holiday season, I want to bring you the names of God because I believe that the more that we know Him, the more we love Him, amen? The more that we know Him, the more we can trust in Him and have confidence in Him, so that's really the series that I want to bring to you, but tonight I wanted to bring you an intro to that which comes from Acts chapter 17, verse 22 to 28. And it may not seem like, what in the world does that have to do with the names of God? But I just want to introduce, I want to bring this to you because I believe this message will give us a better understanding of how important it is to know God. Amen? And to not just know Him as God, but to know Him by His names to have a personal, intimate relationship with every attribute and nature that God has. But before we go to the Scripture, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, ask that He bless our time together. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, we just rejoice this evening that we have the privilege to come into Your house, to gather in the name of the Most High God, Lord, the one that's able to save our souls and to transform our lives. And I pray, God, that your word would have the power to do that this evening, God, that it would take us to a a deeper place in you and to a more intimate relationship with you. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself and in a, a special way to each and every one of us in whichever way you might choose, God. And as I normally do, I ask that your anointing would rest upon me, God, upon my mind, upon my lips, that your anointing would fill every word, God, that would be filled with truth and revelation. Pray, God, that you would just arrest me, that, that you would be seen and you would be glorified. I pray that you would just take control of every listener that's in your house tonight, God, that you would give them ears to hear and hearts that are willing and ready to receive with gladness, God, your word, which is the power of God unto salvation. 
So I pray that you would just come against all of the distractions, the cares, the concerns, and just all the, the trials and tribulations of the week, Father, and let us be able to focus on you for just a few more moments, God, and we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory, and all of God's people said, amen. Acts 17, to 28, the New Living Translation, it says, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed the people as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking through your city, I saw your many shrines and places of worship. And among all of the altars you have, I noticed one with the inscription on it to an unknown God. And I'll pause just for a moment to, to ask the question, how many of you know you can be religious and still not know God. You can be religious and still not be intimately acquainted with who He is. You can be very religious in every way, Scripture tells us, but just not have a, a personal, intimate relationship with Him. Amen? And, and what I need us to understand is in this passage of Scripture, I understand that Paul wasn't speaking to the church. He, he wasn't speaking to a group of fellow believers or brothers and sisters in Christ. As a matter of fact, he was speaking to a bunch of heathens. And he was speaking to a bunch of pagans. And he was speaking to a, a, a bunch of unbelievers. And, and I pause again because I find it quite interesting that pagans can be religious. I find it interesting that heathens can, can be religious, and I find it interesting that, that unbelievers can be religious. So please understand, religion isn't what we need. We need Jesus, amen? We need the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, and we need to have a relationship with Him and not just religion, amen? But, but this is who He was speaking to. He was speaking to a bunch of unbelievers. However, I really do believe with all of my heart that if Paul was to walk through the hallways of our churches today, he might possibly preach that same exact message and speak those same exact words. I, I believe if Paul was to walk through our cities that we could hear him say the very same thing that he said to the men of Athens. If he was to ride his horse just down Bullsboro Road past the Church of God and the, the Assemblies of God and past the, the Church of the Nazarene and the Seventh-day Adventist Church and the, the Baptist Church and the, the, the Cornerstone. and how I think we got every single denomination up and down this road. And there's part of me that believes if Paul would walk down this road today, he might say the very same thing. People of Coweta County... You might say, people of Sharpsburg or Noonan or Peachtree City, I see that you are religious in every single way. For as I've walked through your cities, I've found temples at every turn. I've found places of worship at every single corner. I've noticed the signs at the, at the front of every lawn. I, I've noticed that you got functions going on every single day of every single week. I've seen all your stained glass windows, and I've seen all the angels, and I've seen all of the, 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 uh, the cross-covered uh, or the crown-covered crosses. I've found your sanctuaries to be filled with instruments of praise and instruments of worship. And again, all sorts of religious symbols, church. And yet, for many of you, it's all been erected to an unknown God. 
I believe Paul could walk through our city today and preach that same exact message even to the house of God because the reality is just because you come into the house of God doesn't mean you know God. Just because you come into the house of God, it doesn't mean you have an intimate, personal relationship with God. He, 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 he said unto them, I see that you are religious in every way, and I found among you an altar, among all of the other altars that you have, I found an altar to an unknown God. It's exactly what Paul was saying, what Paul was trying to teach is that you can come into his house and really not know him. You can come into his house and really not have a, a personal relationship with him or be acquainted with him the way that we should. And I know the message would be different to believers as it would be to unbelievers, but the heart of the message would be exactly the same, that you don't know him like you should. That you don't know his, him in his full nature. You don't know him in his full character. You don't know all the attributes of God. So you can't really love him like you should. The reality is if we don't know the full nature of God and the attributes of God, we can't love him like we should love him, church. And that's really why I want to bring the series on the names of God. Because the more we know about God, the more we'll just love God. Amen? And the more we'll just worship him. But it's what he said, as I was walking along, I saw all of the shrines. And one of your, uh, 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 I saw your shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription to an unknown God. And the reality is, heathen or not, the people of Athens gathered into their shrines week after week. They didn't know Jehovah but they were religious, and they, they gathered at their shrines week after week, day after day. They were religious and very religious, Paul actually said. But at this particular altar, they worshiped a God they did not know. At this particular altar, they brought offerings to a God that they didn't know. They made sacrifices to a God they didn't know. They bowed down to a God they didn't know. They called out to a God that they did not know. They did not know his nature. They did not know his character. They did not know his attributes. They did not know his power. They did not know his holiness. But the reality is they did not know his name, the Bible says. They just did not know who it was they worshipped to. They erected altars to all sorts of other gods, to sun gods and moon gods and earth gods and fertility gods and all sorts of other gods. And in the midst of it all, in the midst of all of these altars that was part of their religious function and, and their religious lifestyle, in the midst of it all, Paul found an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. They knew all of the other gods by name, but they did not know Jehovah. They knew all of the other gods by name and by their nature. They knew Zeus and they knew Poseidon and they knew Athena and they knew Ares and they knew Aphrodite and they knew Helios and they knew Selene, but they did not know the name of Jehovah God. 
They did not know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They did not know the one true God and the only wise God. They did not know in their mind the, the God above all gods or what they might say is the proper God. And I'm going to give you a little background because the reality is these, these individuals, the men of Athens, they were religious. And, and the, one of the reasons that they erected this altar was just in case there was another God. God. We don't want to leave him out. Just in case there is a proper God, just in case there's a God that's bigger and better than all of these other gods that we worship, we're going to set up an altar and we're going to worship at that altar. And they did every single time they went by. They worshiped and made sacrifices and gave money and, and, and cried out to a God that they did not know. And the sad reality is, how does that sound so much like the church today, church? And I'm not saying you. I'm just leading you up to why it's so important to know the names of God and who he is. Because the house of God across this land is filled with individuals that come into the house of God and they worship a God they don't even know that they're not intimately acquainted with church. Most theologians believe that on this occasion that Paul visited the men of Athens, that the people of Athens were in the midst of a plague that had raged and ravaged their land. And when they had sacrificed to all of the other gods, when they had cried out to all the other gods, when they had made all sorts of penitence or penance before all the other gods and cried out all of their other names to no avail, they went to their spiritual leaders and their elders, and the elders had suggested to them that they should let go of some of their sacrificial sheep, and wherever those sacrificial sheep went and laid down, that there they should erect an altar to an unknown God, to the proper God, to, to the great God that might rescue them from their plague. And it's exactly what they did. They went and they built that altar. They let the sacrificial sheep go. And they built an altar right there to an unknown God because they just did not know this God by name. They built an altar and they scribed on it to an unknown God, like I said, just to be safe and just in case. Just in case there was a greater God than all these other gods that we worship. Just in case the God that they had heard about, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just in case they built an altar. They just didn't know his name, church. And again, they bowed down at this altar. They sacrificed at this altar. They worshiped at this altar. They cried out at this altar. They just didn't know the God whom they worshiped. They knew not the name that they cried out to and they called out to. And unfortunately, again, and I'm not referring to you, I'm referring about the, the case of the church in general. It's same thing is still happening today. People all across the land, they go into the house of God all across the land and they too worship an unknown God. They sing and they serve, they clap, they shout, they give. They come time and time again. They're religious in all aspects, and yet they know not the God they worship. And this is what I mean when they say this. It's they don't know anything about his character. 
They don't know anything about his mercy. They really don't know anything about his power. They know nothing about his love and his majesty and his holiness. They know nothing of his word because they don't read his word. They know nothing about his wants and they know nothing about his will because they don't surrender to it and they don't even ask about it and they don't even acquire about it. They don't know his statutes and they don't know his ordinance. But week after week, they come into the house of God and they bow down and worship and give to a God that they don't even know. They're religious in every way yet they're strangers to his name. They have no intimacy with him. They have no relationship with him. They have no devotion to him. They really don't have any knowledge about him, church. That's why Paul had taught so many of his churches, and one of the challenges that he gave to them is that you are supposed to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our God. And one of the ways we grow in the knowledge of God is to learn about his attributes and learn about his character and learn about his nature and to learn about his holiness and learn about his righteousness and learn about all of who he is. Because how many of you know his name is who he is? It's not like you and me. When you say God is, when his name is holy, when you say his name is holy, it means he is holy. When you say his name is righteous, it means he is righteous. When you say his name is love, it means he is love. Church, it's it's who he is. And so the reality is that's what we have to understand about him. The house of God is filled with so many individuals that just don't know his nature. They don't know his character and his attributes, and it's why so many of us struggle in our Christian faith and in our Christian walk, because we're just not intimately acquainted with who he is, church. It's why Paul says in verse 23 of that same chapter, the men that he talked to and said, I saw this uh, I saw this altar with the inscription to an unknown God, and he says, now, after I say that, let me tell you all about this God you worship without knowing. He tells these men, let me now tell you all about this God that you worship in ignorance. Let me tell you all about this God that you bow down to and that you cry out to and that you make offerings to. Let me tell you about this unknown God that you have no intimacy with and no personal relationship with. Let me tell you about the God you worship in vain. You see, the reality is if we don't know God, when we worship, we worship in vain. When we don't have that personal, intimate relationship with God and understand who he is, we worship him in vain. One of the passages of scriptures that we're commanded, it tells us to not use the name of the Lord God in vain. And you know what that, one of the things that that means? It means, it means don't use it unless you're going to use it. Don't. Don't misuse the name of God and don't use the name of God unless you're really going to use the name of God. If you're going to call, if you're going to cry out the name of God, use the power of that name. That's really what I'm trying to tell you. And one of the reasons, you know, when you use the name of the Lord in vain and you just use it as a curse word, you're not using the power of that name. You're using it in vain to no avail. But the reality is every time in the, in, in the right sense, when you understand the names of God and who God is and the character of God, and you call on that name and you release the power of that name, it has the power to change your life and my life as well. 
And that's one of the reasons why I want us to understand the, this passage and the, and the importance of knowing the names of God. But he says, let me tell you about this God that you worship without knowing. And he goes on and he says, he is the God who made the whole earth and everything in it. He is the Lord of heaven and earth and he has no needs. He doesn't live in a temple made by hand and he doesn't need the help of, uh, of mortal hands. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. How many are thankful that we have a God that satisfies every need? Amen? He doesn't need our help. He says his purpose was for nations to seek after him, though he was not far from any one of us. For it is in him that we live and move and breathe and have our being. And we are his offspring. And with, if we are his offspring then we shouldn't look at him as one that is made of silver and gold and stone. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't serve a God that's made out of gold and made out of silver and made out of stone. Because those gods are useless and those gods are helpless. All the gods that the Romans bowed down to and worshipped were made of gold and made of silver and made of stone. And they couldn't do anything to deliver them from their plague and do anything to deliver them from their pestilence. And it's why, it's why Paul said to the men of Athens, Now let me tell you about the God above all gods. Let me tell you about a God that's not made of silver and not made of gold and not made of stone. Let me tell you about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you about the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. Let me tell you about the Alpha and the Omega and the first and the last and everything in between. Let me tell you about Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many of you are glad someone told you about the King of Kings and the, the Lord of Lords, amen? When you and I were out there worshiping all the other false gods of this world, someone came and told us about the King of Kings and the, the Lord of Lords, amen? And, and listen, I pause because that's a personal challenge for every single one of us because we're living in a world that needs to know about a God that's not made out of silver and a God that's not made out of gold and a God that's not been made by the hand hands of man. They need to hear about the King of glory. They need to hear about Jehovah God. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. And guess what? Unless we know him, we can't talk about him. Unless we know him by name, we can't share him by name. Unless I know him as my provider, I can't tell anyone he's a provider. That's what we're understanding, and that's why I really believe that, that we need to know the names of God because this world needs to know who He is. Amen? We're living in the last days, and I just believe this world needs to know God. But He tells them all about the God they worshiped in ignorance. He tells them all about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like I said, the one true God and the only wise God. And it's what every pastor strives to do every single Sunday. They strive to introduce the people to God. They strive to introduce and create a personal, intimate relationship with the people and Jehovah God. It's what I do every Wednesday night. I try to introduce you to, to, to Jehovah God, to his nature, to his character, to his attributes, to his love, to his forgiveness, to his mercy, to his patience, to his, his long-suffering. 
pastor does the same exact thing. And, and, and my hope is that every church that you would go to, the pastors are trying to do the same exact thing, trying to introduce you. And the question is why trying to acquaint you? And the question is why? It's so that you can know him. It's so that you can run to him. It's so that you can find safety in him. Because how many of you know in this world that we're living in, we need a place that we can run to? We need a place that we can hide, amen? When all the wickedness of this world comes against us, there is a place that we need to run to. And the Word of God tells us that the name of the Lord is that place. The Word of God tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that we can run into and be saved, church. And it's not a physical place. It's a spiritual place. It's not a natural place. It's a supernatural place. And when you understand the supernatural power of the names of God, you can run into them and be safe. When you got all sorts of chaos and turmoil running around you, and I don't want to give away my series, but the name of Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is my peace, becomes a strong tower that I can run into and be safe. It's a spiritual place. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It could be at the workplace, driving down the road, sitting in the house of God, or sitting in my own home. When a spirit of disruption or something comes to trouble my soul, the name of Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is my peace, can become a strong tower that I can run into and be safe. Now, we'll look at that as I go a little bit farther, and especially in my series. But, but let me tell you, when we begin to know God like Paul knew God, when we become acquainted with the name of Jehovah Church, when, Jehovah Jireh, when we become acquainted with Jehovah Jireh, our provider, when we become acquainted with El Roi, the God who sees, Jehovah Shalom, the one who gives us peace, like I said, with El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, when we become acquainted with the nature of God, everything about our life begins to change. Because when you're intimately acquainted with the nature of God and the personality of God and the characteristics of God, it brings a stability to your soul that you would never have without it, church. How many of you have ever experienced God as his names in different situations and circumstances in your life? Amen? Listen. And when you, when you are introduced and experience him as that in your life, your life changes. And when you face that situation or that circumstance or that storm in your life once again, you have the confidence that he brought me through it once before. He's going to bring me through it once again. When you have a personal intimate relationship with Jehovah Rapha, the one that heals me and did a supernatural healing work in your body, when you go through sickness again, guess what? You know him already as Jehovah Rapha, and you know that you can trust in him, and that name becomes a strong tower that you can run to and be safe, church. But when we know him, the way I'm talking about knowing him, our prayer life will change because you'll begin to call on those names you begin to have trust in those names and confidence in those names. Your prayer life will change. Your devotion will change. Your praise will change. Your faith will change. Your, your courage will change. When we know who we worship by name, our worship won't be the same, church. When we know who we serve by name, our service won't be the same. When we know who we give to by name, our giving won't be the same, church. 
This is what we have to understand, and it's why it's so important, and it's exactly why I'm bringing this word, because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's not a weak tower. It's not a toppling tower. It's, it's a strong tower, the Bible says. And when you really examine that, it's an invincible tower that the enemy cannot penetrate. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that there's an invincible tower that I can run to, amen? And please, what you need to understand, if the name of the Lord is a strong tower and that tower is invincible, what's that tell you about his name? It tells you that his name is invincible. It means that the name Jehovah Rapha has power over sickness. It tells you that that, that, that the name Jehovah Jireh has power over lack. It's invincible. And we need to start trusting in that and believing that. And when we do, church, our whole life will change. And it's why it's important for us to understand the names of the Lord. Listen, when we're sick, we need a name that we can run to, that we can trust in. Amen? When we suffer lack, we need a name that we can run to and trust in. When we're troubled, we need a name that we can run to and be safe. When we feel all alone and abandoned, we need a name that we can run to and trust in. Amen? And please listen to me. That name is not Pastor Jeff. As much as you love me and as much as I like my name, that name is not Pastor Jeff. I hate to tell you, Pastor Darrell, but that name's not Pastor Darrell either. That name's not Pat. That name's not Pastor Allen. That name is Jesus. That name is Jehovah. That name is Yahweh. That's whose name it is, church. And that's where our confidence has to be. That's the name that we can run to. That's the name that we can trust in. That's the name that we can call out to. In our time of need, we call out to Jehovah God in, that, in the prayer closet. We call out in the midst of our storm. We, we don't have to go to an altar and cry out to an unknown God. We can know him personally. We can know him by name. And we can call out to him in the midst of our own tribulation and trial, church. And when you know him by name, you can just have confidence in your prayer. Listen, I'm going to tell you the first time I went, the first time, which was years ago, that I went through the the names of God and did my own personal study, it changed my prayer life. And it changed my confidence in what I asked God for because I knew who he was and I knew what he could do. And it changed my prayer life. And it's why I want to bring it to you because I believe it'll change your life as well. And I know a lot of you already know the names of God, but, but I think we can still be stirred by it. Amen? That's why we need to know him by name and not just as God. Because the truth is God, is, God is still a stranger to a lot of his people. God's still a stranger to a lot of people in the house of God, church. It amazes me how many Christians have a misconception of God simply because they don't know his character and they don't know his nature and they don't know his true attributes. And this is why, and that's what his name is, and this is why it's so important for us to, listen, there's a lot of people, and maybe some of you, There's a lot of people in the house of God that just have this warped idea of who God is, that he's some ogre up in the sky, and he just can't wait to strike you dead with a lightning bolt as soon as you do something wrong. That's not who God is, and it is not an attribute of him. Yes, he's holy. Yes, he's righteous, and yes, if we don't accept his love offering of Jesus Christ in our life, there will one day we will have to stand before him, and and we will face a just 
and holy God. But please understand, he has given and demonstrated to us his nature and character of love through Jesus Christ. And so the reality is the more we know God, the more we know him by name and we truly understand his attributes and his nature, the more we love him, church. So many of us are struggling and suffering simply because they don't know God. Because they don't know who they sing to, and they don't know who they give to, and they don't know who they serve. They're making sacrifices and offerings to a God, like I said, that they have no intimacy with or personal relationship with. And the sad reality is, for a lot of individuals, and, and, and sometimes I think even me, and I'm just being honest, because if I find myself sometimes in this place, that I'm more acquainted with the songs that we sing in church than I am with the one who we sing them to. And that's a sad reality, church, but there's a lot of people that come into the house of God and they're more acquainted. Boy, they can sing those songs with their eyes shut. And they're more acquainted. We're more acquainted with the songs that we sing than we are with the one that we sing them to, church. Some of us are more familiar with the Sunday morning routine and the Sunday morning structure and the Sunday morning schedule than we are with the, than we are with the name of the one in whom we gather. The Bible tells us if two or more gathered, if two or more are gathered in what? His name. There he is in the midst of them, church. Sometimes I think that we are more acquainted and more familiar with the function of church than we are with the one in whose name we gather. And that's not a good place for us to be, church. Sometimes I sit in church and we're singing those songs and, and I find myself just singing them. And I have to ask myself, wow, where's my intimacy in this song? Where's my love in this song? Where's my personal relationship in this song? Where is it? Oh, I'm just singing songs because I know them. I'm just being honest with you, church. There's too many times that we come into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and have no intimacy with him at all. We sing these songs and they're empty repetition. And the Bible warns us against those things in our prayer life and in our praise life. And I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at me. I'm saying I've got to guard when I come in and know who I'm singing to. And have that personal, intimate relationship with him, church. We're religious so many times in so many different ways, but far too often we're worshiping at the altar of an unknown God, lacking intimacy, lacking that personal connection with God. In Psalm 91, 14, it says, because he has loved me, God declares, therefore, I will deliver him. How many of you are thankful that we got a God who can deliver? Amen? Because he has loved me, God declares, therefore, I will deliver him. And I pause before I finish the rest of that. Because how many of you know you can't love him if you don't know him? You don't know him, you can't love him. The more you get to know somebody... The more you love them, the more you got to know your spouse, the more you started to love them. Now, some of you probably say, well, the more I got to know them, the less I loved them. But that's not the way with God, amen? Because the more you get to know God, the more you're going to love God. The more you're going to worship Him. And anyway, 
Because he has loved me, God declares, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. I will set him securely on high. I will put him on a place where he will not be moved. I'll put him on a place where he will not be shaken. I will put him on a place that's higher than all of the problems that he's facing in life because he has known my name. And here's what I'm here to tell you. When you know the names of God, you will be set higher than the problems that you face. When you know him as Jehovah Rapha, you'll be set higher than your sickness. When you know him as Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you'll know him above the lack that you might be facing. When you know him by name, church, God will set you securely on high. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name, because he is intimately acquainted with who I am. Listen, when you know who he is, doesn't matter how severe the strong might be. You can be set securely on high, amen? When Jesus was in the boat, this isn't in my notes and I'm not going to stay here all along, but it popped in my mind when Jesus was in the boat and they were going across the sea and a wicked storm came across, everyone in the boat was panicking except Jesus. He was asleep and still. He was set securely in a high place. Why? Because he knew who God was. He knew the name of his father. He had a personal, intimate relationship with him, church, and it's why the disciples were in such a disarray because they did not yet know him by name. They were just being introduced to him. He was just teacher. He wasn't miracle worker yet. And this is the reality. The more we know him, the more securely we will be set on high, amen? The more we know God by name, the less we'll be shaken or moved. The more we know him by name, the less we'll be overcome. The more we know him by name, the more secure we will become. Because when you and I discover God by name, church, we discover who he is. When we know God by name, we will know him by his character and by his attributes and by his nature, church. Please understand God's name as I begin to wind this down is more than a title, it's more than a business card. It's more than a nameplate. It's more than an insignia on the sleeve or a patch on a pocket, church. God's name is who he is. I am that I am. Amen? How many of you glad I, he is, I am that I am? His name is who he is, church. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. He is the Almighty One, El Elyon. He is the Ever-Present One, Jehovah Shammah. He is the All-Sufficient One, El Shaddai. His name is Mighty. His name is Powerful. His name is Holy. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I could go on and on and on with the names of God, church, but His name is a strong tower that we can run into and be safe. Amen? So as I start to close, I want us to know that there is power in the name of the Lord, and it's why I want to bring this series so when we go through life, 
we can find power in every circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in. Amen? I know that you all want power in your life. I know you want power to overcome. I know you want power over the enemy. I know you want power over the flesh. I know you want power over all of the things that the devil would try to bring against us. But what we need to understand is that there is power in the name of the Lord. There's freedom in the name of the Lord. There's provision in the name of the Lord. There's healing in the name of the Lord. There's hope in the name of the Lord. There's help in the name of the Lord, which we've already looked at. Amen? There's victory in the name of the Lord. There's forgiveness in the name of the Lord. There's, there's liberty in the name of the Lord. There's peace in the name of the Lord. There's comfort in the name of the Lord. There's righteousness to be found in the name of the Lord. And I can go on and on and on, and I will when we do the series. There's peace and there's salvation in the name of the Lord because he who calls on the what? On the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you don't know the name of the Lord, you can't be saved from those certain situations. Now, listen, don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Just because you don't know all these names that I mentioned doesn't mean that you can't just say, dear God, I need help with, and I need healing. It doesn't mean you can't say, dear God, I need help in my situation, in my circumstance, or with my kids. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that when you begin to know the names of God and the true nature of God and who he is, you become more confident in your prayers and you can cry out to that attribute and nature of God. God, in the middle of my sickness, in the middle of my disability, in the middle of of what I'm struggling with in my physical body, I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, the one who makes me whole and heals my body. It's a different prayer, and it develops a different passion, and it releases, I believe, a different power in our lives, church. But the reality is there is something about his name. There's something about that name, so I believe it's worth studying, amen? Please understand, when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are calling on the power of heaven. I said it before, when we call on Jehovah Jireh, we're calling on the power to provide When we call on Jehovah Shalom, we're calling on the power of peace to settle our soul. When we call on Jehovah Rapha, like I said, we're calling on the power to heal. So as I close, Proverbs 18.10 says once again, The name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. How many of you are grateful we have a God we can run to? Amen? How many of you are glad that we have a, a God or a name that we can trust in and a, a name that we can call on, amen? The Bible says this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything in his name, in his name, we know that he shall hear us, and if he hears us, we shall have the things we ask. And so this is where we're at tonight, church. We are being taught that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that we can run into and be safe and that there's power in that name. And it's the study that we're going to uh, look at over the next several weeks. But I know we've got a few minutes here, and here's what I want to do. I'm not going to say that we're going to have a five-hour prayer meeting. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that if you need to run to God for anything tonight and you need to find safety, you can do that tonight. If you need help in any circumstance or situation of your life, there's a place that you can run to. And I'm going to say, give us 10 minutes, because I closed early on purpose. And I want us to know that we can come to the altar, we can find a spot in our seat,
and we can run to the one that can give us help and we can become more intimately acquainted with who he is. Amen? So whatever it is that you might have need of, if you have the time, I'm asking, give me 10 minutes and just make your way to the altar if we have some music that we can just put on. And if we can, just find a little place of prayer. And when I feel led, I'm going to pray over everybody. If the prayer team's here, you have a particular need. And if you can do that, let's do that. And we're just going to give God just a little bit of time. Amen? So let's do that in Jesus' name.